You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the NFC East Mixtape, Volume 38, presented to you in partnership by Blog of the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content, Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content with, uh, you know, some some incredible work from our friends over at Hogshaven, SB Nation's home for Washington football team content, and Big Blue View, SB Nation's home for New York Giants content. If it isn't obvious, we work for SB Nation. We is me, RJ Ochoa from Blog of the Boys, Brandon Lee Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, BLG, how goes it? Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year, RJ. Last week, we talked about the Cowboys clinching the playoffs. This week, another NFC's team has clinched the playoffs. Two teams from the worst division in all of sports history uh, being able to NFC least. Yeah. Did you make that up? I wish I did. Um, I just, again, I've taken every shot I could to dunk on the dumb uh, predictions for the season at the beginning of it. Um, All the people, Brandon, that said, seven wins is going to win the NFC East, you know? (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's totally going to happen. I've done a lot of work for my predictions. Yeah, that's going to happen. Here we are. The Philadelphia Eagles are the second team in the NFC East with nine wins, potentially 10. If uh, my man, Nick Sirianni gets the full beautiful flower uh, to bloom all the way through. I mean, what a, what a great job by the potential coach of the year. You know, my man, Nick S look at him go. Your guy. I was going to, I was thinking about, you know, maybe wearing a visor. I don't think I own a visor, so that was kind of tough. Uh, attaching some uh, highlighter slash marker to it, uh, and I thought you'd really like that, but uh, I didn't, and I'm here instead with my bald head, so you get to see that. Uh, listeners don't get to see that, unfortunately, for them. Very, You're really missing out here. Um, I, don't, but- I don't have a lot of visors either. I find the whole concept of one weird. I play a lot of golf, and like I've never golfed in a visor because the whole purpose of a of a cap or hat is to protect you from the sun and which the visor right. doesn't do. So I actually really find the visor at night to be very strange, uh, which you see a lot mm-hmm. from NFL coaches. I don't like the move um, just because I associate it most with Matt Nagy. Um, so if Nick Sirianni wants to be in that club, it's up to him, but he's, uh, he's powering his way through it. Um, you mentioned it, the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles, both playoff bound. In fact, they will be meeting each other this week, Brandon on Saturday night. Hey, we get a Saturday night game, uh, a meaningless game. There are no meaningless games in football. You play them all to win. You, you play for pride. You play for your uniform. Um, a, a full NFC East tilt once again. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Uh, this will be a bit of a different episode uh, for our BTB, BGN, uh, Hogshaven, and Big Blue View listeners, just because it's not going to be as preview heavy because these games are kind of meaningless, but we have some things to kind of flesh out as it pertains to all four teams. So, Brandon, uh, a reminder to everybody, wherever you're listening, blogging the boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, Big Blue View, to subscribe to your preferred podcast network for your favorite team. Leave a rating, write a review, and then, you know, 
I know the holidays are over, Brandon, but it is still like, let's just make the season of giving all year long. Uh, go to someone else, leave a rating, write a review, tell them about how your team is better than theirs, uh, which is an easy thing if you're going to Big Blue View. Um, and uh, yeah, spread the love. Uh, it's a new year, New Year's resolutions. Maybe some people, for them, it's to support their podcast better, mm. their favorite podcast. So, you know, and there's a suggestion if that isn't yours and you want to take that one up. It's, it's a pretty easy one to follow through on. I think uh, kind of nice to be able to execute one of your resolutions as opposed to setting the bar maybe a little too high and not being able to meet it. So uh, aim low and achieve it. That's what I always say. So the um, let's start with the division winning Dallas Cowboys, Brandon. Uh, lost to the Arizona Cardinals last week. And I'll get this out of the way. Enough, enough complaining about the officials. Enough, Cowboys fans. Enough. This is so lame. And, and not just the fans. I, I not know. just the fans. Oh, dude. I, look, I, look, I don't want to go down like too deep into the weeds here because a lot of Blogging the Boys listeners have already heard me do this. Like, I was so bothered that Mike McCarthy and C.D. Lamb mm. and Leighton Vander Esch, I was so bothered that they blamed the officials. You had seven points on the board through the first three quarters. Was it a fumble at the very end? Sure. I totally believe it was a fumble. Does it suck that it didn't get ruled that way? Yes. Does it suck that the officials didn't buzz in to get the right call? Yes. But you lost this game. I also, Brandon, hate. I'm not a Greg Zerline fan. But I hate that now it's become this like, well, if he just makes that field goal, you know, they go to overtime. No, like this, you you put seven points on the board. You, like even if you had put 10 points on the board, like this is such like revisionist hindsight, you know, making up and caping happening for the Cowboys. So um, not a fan of where they're at right now. Um, just not not good. Not good vibes. But you got a week to turn it around. Not that this week is like super duper important. But yeah, not cool. Uh, you lost. Just admit it. Just have some accountability. And speaking of accountability, didn't have a timeout, right? To call the challenge. Like, that's something you can control. I know the refs got it wrong and that happens, but like, you can do your part to make sure you can reverse the ref's decision and you didn't put yourselves in a position to do that if you're Mike McCarthy. Um, so that's something uh, when we talk about control. And also, when we just talk about like the Cardinals and this, this being a really bad loss for the Cowboys, I mean, like, I, I, it is because we were just talking about how the Cardinals might go into the playoffs with a six or five game, whatever, losing streak. And the Cowboys were like eight point favorites in this game. Like this is a really bad loss. I mean, Cardinals have not been looking so great recently. I think the Cardinals needed it more, wanted it more, whatever. Um, they played that way at least. Um, Dallas played. Well, like that's a crazy. Team. No, it is. You, the, I mean, I, like, I'm not seed, justifying it. I'm just, yeah. I'm just assessing it. Like Dallas played like a team who had won their division and took their foot off the gas a little bit, and that that was frustrating to see. And they had every opportunity to. Maybe not even kill. Like if they had won, I don't think it fully would have killed the narrative that like all you you know all you do is beat bad teams and you lose to good teams because the Cardinals were floundering. And, you know, like they they were a playoff team, but they were floundering. And so I I mean, but they, all they did was was give that narrative life. And instead of like uh, you know facing the firing squad, so to speak, like with some conviction and and all of the rough fair questions this week. They're pointing fingers like, dude, this is not cool. Like you, you got to be better than this. And so um, that's I, I'm not I'm not in my happiest place heading into the regular season finale, uh, especially considering the takes that are already flying around about how the Cowboys should approach this game. On that note, real quick, before we get into the game itself, it's funny because I was reading Tom Riles post on uh, Bogging the Boys about uh, you know the Cowboys kind of having concerns heading into the playoffs and everything that's being said about them or in that paragraph. 
I don't know. It reminded me of what people were saying about the Eagles too, in terms of like, you know, not beating a really good team. And I think we kind of have to uh, like stop down on that and say that like not every team can beat the bad teams. So there's credit in doing that. You can't just like say, who have they beaten? It doesn't count. They beat all the bad teams. I mean, not only have they beaten both the Eagles and Cowboys like bad teams, but they've done it pretty decisively. So, you know, you get credit for that. You're in a, you're in a clear class above those teams. Um, But that being said, you know, it's kind of all about the playoffs, especially if you're the Cowboys more so than the Eagles at their stages of, you know, their timelines and everything. And then this being, you know, more of an all in year for the Cowboys. Um, So yeah, it's a pretty disappointing loss. It's not the end of the world. You know, the season obviously is not over. Um, Not getting the one seed, which, you know, never looked like necessarily likely, but no, did but look you, possible. You, you, but even if, like, even if you're willing to surrender that they were, gonna, you know, the one seed, right? Which like, the Packers weren't going to lose to, or they're not going to lose to the Lions. It was very unlikely they were going to lose to the Vikings, especially once the Cousins well, news hit. Um, yeah, but, your boy. Anyway, look, we have a lot to get to. All right, so we, <laughs> we, we don't have time for a Kirk Cousins tangent. Um, but, um, I mean, so, so you, the two seed was there, though. And, you know, you, you got... Mm-hmm. You, and and I in a weird way I'm so ups, or so happy rather that the Bucks came back and beat the Jets. I would have been so upset if the Jets had pulled that off and then Dallas still lost. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, you know, I mean maybe that's just my emotions getting the better of me there. You mean but, like Dallas would still be the number two seed or no no no? Or? If could because if Tampa had lost, then Dallas wouldn't at, at, like if the Cowboys had beaten the Cardinals. If that's the only result we'd change from last week. Dallas would yeah. still be the two seed right now, but they would need the Rams to win this week because right. they would need that three-way tie. But if the yeah. Rams had lost the Jets, they they would have controlled their own destiny towards the Bucks. The lost seed. the Jets, right? And, and so that's why, like, the Rams. I, um, I did whatever. I, I yeah. I'm glad that the Bucks what came back to beat the Jets because I would have I've been even more upset if they had wound up losing to the Jets and then the Cowboys couldn't take advantage of the opportunity. And so. It's just tough. Um, it's frustrating. And my last thing before we kind of look forward here, um, because there are a lot of Cowboys fans, and I get it, people. You're upset about the calls, and you feel like the world is against mm. the Cowboys. And Roger yeah. Goodell sits in his evil lair, looking like BLG right now, like Lex Luthor, and is just you know <laughs> conspiring against the Cowboys, like coming up with ways. BLG, the NFL literally gave the Cowboys and the Eagles too, for that matter, an extra day of an advantage against their wild card opponents. They get like, we make such a big deal. You and I about rest and how it's unfair. Mm -hmm. You, you have an annual diatribe about Thanksgiving and the Cowboys and what an advantage it is, et cetera, et cetera. We talked about last week on the Espionation NFL show about how it was really unfair that the Tennessee Titans were coming off of a Thursday night football game at home and the Miami Dolphins were coming off of a Monday night football game on the road. And then this past week, Miami had to visit Tennessee. That just didn't make sense to us. We talked about this with Washington and Vegas. I mean, several different times and, and whatnot. And so the NFL literally gave both Dallas and Philly a day of an advantage by putting them on the Saturday night slot or in that slot over whoever they play in the wild card round. That's a big deal. It is. It's annoying to me as someone who doesn't want to stay up covering the Eagles game on Saturday night. But uh, no one cares about that. Uh, but yeah, it is nice for those teams to have that extra day. And it's a nice spot for the Eagles specifically to be in because they're resting their starters this week, at least very clearly so. Uh, very suspiciously putting 12 players on the COVID list on Monday, which, you know, because of the new policy, uh, even if some of those players are unvaccinated, which I don't think most are, 
or a very high number are on the Eagles. Um, they can test out before Sunday. But honestly, I think they did that in part. So there's two reasons I think the Eagles did that, RJ. I think number one is because they wanted the additional roster spots. Because like the idea of we, – we always talk about resting your starters, but you can't like 100%. It's not like a preseason Yeah, you got, game, you got to play a game. Like you need, you, it, need, you need guys to play a game, right? It's a 53-man roster still, and then what? Like it's 40 – whatever 48 active players or whatever so you know you can only rest so many players but when you do it like this like the eagles are you can call up basically your entire practice squad as covid replacements as opposed to just the number that are the the two normal elevations you get each week so i think that's part of it and the other part of it is that when players test positive for covid they get like a 90 day like reprieve from having to test again Right. Um, so they're pretty much locked in for the playoffs. Like they won't be, you know, missing a playoff game, um, you know, due to testing positive for COVID. So, I mean, that's that's the advantages of it. Uh, and I think it's great for the Eagles to get some rest for Jalen Hurts, who obviously has been dealing with a bit of an ankle injury, and Jason Kelsey, and you know, a bunch of veteran players who've been banged up. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are coming to Philly to apparently to win. So okay, let's let's assess this, and that that's why this is a, a bit of a unique. NFC's mixtape. So Nick Sirianni, I was reading Bleeding Green Nation, which every Philadelphia Eagles fan should do, um, has is sort of indifferent, right? He hasn't. He's he's kind of you know well, we don't know what we're gonna do. You know we don't know how how much we're gonna play, right? Like that's his general stance so far. That's his public stance. Right. When okay. you look at to be clear here too, when you add the context of like the Eagles had notoriously short training camp practices this summer, like they they've always been conservative, at least under Sirianni when it comes to injuries and everything. It's pretty pretty safe bet. That okay. they're not playing still, the starters. In this oh, game. But still, like yeah. if we're just focusing on what he has said in front of a microphone, it's it's that they're still sure. figuring it out. Non-committal. But, right. Whereas Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones in their public appearances so far have said, we're playing to win. Now, to be clear, this could just be coach, GM, ownership speak, right? Like just kind of like, you know, pomp and circumstance, whatever. Pondering, yeah. I will be so upset if the Cowboys play this game in in and here's here's the take blg because the cowboys like cowboys fans are they, they, okay this is my impression of a cowboys fan who's really pissed off no we gotta play no i i we we need to establish momentum all right have you want them to you want the last thing that they did to be this loss of the cardinals no way we gotta go out there we gotta score a bunch of points we gotta go into the playoffs riding that high fine sure like in a perfect world great there's a risk of injury, right? Like that goes without saying, right? That's obvious, right? Also, Ask Michael what Gallup, if, yeah, yeah, Michael Gallup suffered a torn ACL while scoring a touchdown. You know, like I mean, but so that that's the obvious risk. But then, like, okay, um, you you want this, you want momentum, which you think is real. What if, what if you suck? Like, what if, what if you're bad? Like, what what if you? What if you like make this whole big thing about we have to go and we have to play well and we have to enter the playoffs riding high and you just stink up the joint? Like what what if that like do you have negative momentum now? Like 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 the Giants had passing guards last week? There are net passing guards <laughs> like you know like what what I just I think this idea is so archaic. And I'm not saying like I'm team rest them and that you know it, it it's made to be you know absolutes i mean if you want to play them a series or a half fine my my general stance is you have to have some sort of focus on the greater 
goal here. You cannot treat this as a, no, we have to win this game. That's stupid to me. And I recognize because anytime I tweet about this, all my mentions are is, well, what if this? What if this? Like, they could be the two seed. Yeah, they could. Of course they could. They could win this game 100 to nothing, too. I mean, like, a million what-ifs could happen. But you're you're playing odds. You're playing, you know, probabilities and practicalities. And it, I say this every year, BLG. It takes so long to get here, to this point. Like, think about all the life we have to live to get to the playoffs of next NFL season. Like, that's forever. Like, you were, this opportunity is so precious. And to, like... To gamble it is is really irresponsible to me. Yeah, well, I mean, what's the upside? The upside is you can get the number two seed, maybe if you get some help, which so you know, probably here's the scenario. Likely. Here's the scenario for that. There are five games this week uh, that all have various computations relative to the NFC uh, playoff picture. It was uh, there's a fantastic chart uh, that that has all this information. Dennis Selman on Twitter at Dennis Selman thirty three. That's Dennis with a Z though D E N I Z S E L M A N thirty three. You can see it there. We've retweeted it at Blogging the Boys and, and we had it in an article. Uh, Brandon, I'm not sure how BGN likes to to give credit to hardworking people, but whatever. Um, we did too. And, and so um, so great chart to look at um and so the the five games we've got san francisco at the rams we've got new orleans at atlanta we've got seattle at arizona carolina at tampa bay and of course dallas at philly now various results here would uh, again spit out different you know pop possibilities here the only way that dallas is the two seat because green bay is locked in as the one San Francisco has to beat the Rams, and we'll pick all of these games in a little bit, and therefore kind of figure out what we think is going to happen. So you'd have to get well, a Niners to start with the Cowboys. The Cowboys well, have to win. I guess if you're going chronologically, I'm going by the yeah. chart though. But yeah, Cowboys okay. have to win. Uh, San Francisco would have to beat the Rams, which is conceivable. Uh, Seattle would have to beat Arizona, which is also conceivable. I maintain that the Cardinals are frauds, but the Cowboys were bigger frauds last week. Uh, and Carolina would have to beat the Bucks. That feels like a tall order. But if those four things happen. Dallas is the two seed, and they are actually hosting the Eagles in the wild card round. Hmm. Doesn't seem incredibly likely to me. Not impossible, but not you know not necessarily the most likely scenario. Um, would be fun, obviously, for our sake. Uh, it's it's really weird, by the way. I can't get over that. Like, so let's say Mike McCarthy is lying, and it's like Cooper Rush. It's Cooper Rush versus Gardner Minshew on Saturday prime time. Like, really, this is what we're doing. It's on the ESPN too, right? Yeah, like, like, yeah. what are we doing? Like, what, like, how, how are we doing this? Um, but, I actually, yeah. so how many divisions are locked up? I think only the AFC East and NFC the West, NFC right? West, yeah. So are it's not all, locked up. I wrote this uh, when I did our power rankings at BTB. It's almost as if sixteen games is enough, right? <laughs> you know, it's, right? It's, it's it's almost because like. You know how, like, when every fan looks at the schedule this week, they're like, man, there's, like, no games with real juice. It's almost as if, you know, 17 mm. weeks in a regular season with the one bye is enough, is the perfect level of balance. It's almost like that was the case. You know, no big deal. I totally agree. I mean, like, where's the drama? Uh, the drama is, you know, the Chargers and the, the Raiders and the playing game. Or, but, like, you know, who cares? It's no, for I, what? I, I hate when there's drama with games happening in parallel. Like you've got the Patriots Bills situation, like but like there's there's a little bit of drama in that. Like, well, what if the Bills lose to the Jets? Then the Patriots can win the AFC East. Or like the drama to me is like, well, if the Titans lose to Houston, they're not the one seed. Like that's not drama. Like that's you know that's lame. That's that's so bad. I mean, no. so whatever. But uh, getting back on track here, uh, it was good when the Dolphins beat the uh, the Patriots to help the Chiefs win. That was true. fun. 
that was cool. Um, you get, I mean, like I think stuff like that 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 there's it's very rare that that those cool things and moments happen. It's not worth right. this this extra week is my point. Um, I agree. So yeah, so again, maybe the Cowboys are are gonna kind of you know, you know, ultimately maybe they're playing a little bit of possum here, but if if they play to win, I just. I don't know. Like, if that's the driving motivation, I would be bothered personally. Your exact quotes here, based on our Slack channel, were, "I will be upset if Dallas plays dudes seriously. It would be stupid." That's your exact it would quote. be stupid. They just, like, just learned how precious, like, relearned. We we relearn this lesson every week in the NFL, but they just relearned in their building how precious life is in the NFL. Michael Gallup, twenty CL he's about to be a free agent like his his life is very different now because of that injury you know i mean like that sucks so much so why would you gamble that i mean for for what there are let's see how many possible uh scenarios here one two three four five six seven eight nine possible scenarios there are two of them in which the cowboys are not the four seed two of them but what what do you what like and even among even there are three worlds where a dallas win affects things and in those three worlds, Dallas is the three seed and the two seed in two different ones. I mean, so like, is it like, are you really like, it, this is not worth fighting for, so to speak. I just, you, you've you got to be smart. You're a week away from the tournament. You cannot gamble it like that. Again, you want to play them a little bit fine, but what if, what if you're bad? I, I just, I like. What that, if you lose? That's what <laughs> I'm saying. That like, well, you, that's, you know this as well. Like the the common answer again for the from the cowboys perspective here is like well they gotta they gotta establish momentum and that's the only slant that people look at it from right mm-hmm. like they only take the most positive possible you know outcome and say i want that well yeah like of course <laughs> like who who doesn't want that but what if you lose like you said what if, what if you play to win and you lose to gardner Minshew? you know what i mean <laughs> like how, how could you possibly feel good going into the playoffs i i can't i was trying to think trying to rack my brain and think has there been a scenario like that where like a team has like blatantly rested their starters and still won the game against a team that was also going into the playoffs too? Not, you know, not like, you know, like let's say back in the day, the Patriots resting their starters, but like them being so much better than the Jets or the Dolphins anyway, that this, that they still won because the other team stunk. Like I'm sure that's happened before, but I'm trying um, to think of like the Rams and Cardinals last year. With oh John yeah! Wolford oh yeah! That's right. And, and yeah, and they they well, I mean, I don't know if you consider that resting their starters yeah. because McVeigh was already out on golf, but yeah, um, but the Cardinals got to face a on paper weakened or lesser Rams team and had a chance to win and get in, and they lost. Right. Um, I think the I think that actually happened to your boy Kirk Cousins too. I remember, I think the Giants like had nothing to play for or something, and then. Washington lost to them, even though that's, they were trying to get well, in. That's still different. It's not like the Giants had everything locked up. That's the point you were talking about. You know, the Rams had won the NFC. No, they hadn't last year. They were they were a wild card team. But I'm talking uh, about 2016. Oh yeah, when when they Kirk had, was there still. Yeah, that's true. They and and the Giants had a uh, their their wild card locked up. So, I mean, I I would not support that decision, but we'll see. Um, I do think it's important for both of these teams that they have a days worth of an advantage on whoever they're going to play in the wild card round and the response i got just to address this and i vented to you about this on in our slack <laughs> uh, was rj complains so, about cowboys fans i got so many yes. tweets that said well it's not really an advantage because the nfl will probably schedule them on the saturday night wild card slot okay even if they do 
the team that they would be playing is playing on Sunday this week. So even if it's seven days for the Cowboys, it's six days for the other team. The only there's one of nine scenarios where it's not an advantage for Dallas or for Philly, for that matter. And it's the world where Dallas winds up the two seed and Philly the seven. I mean, yeah, I don't I just don't understand logically why that's being said. The only thing I could see like a valid retort might be it might not matter because let's say the Cowboys game is moved to Monday night football, which I don't think it will be. Let's say it is because then it would still matter, though. It would still be one extra day. Yeah, but I'm saying it mitigates the rest factor a little bit because it's not like the team is playing on like Saturday and like six days of rest. I'm saying that they both have more rest than normal. I know the Cowboys would still, or the Eagles, whatever, would still have more uh, rest than the opponent, but they would both have you know more rest than normal still, which I think you could argue like so mitigates the importance to, of the rest. To clear up BLG's point, because we are we are kind of in a new world for the NFL. There is a Monday night wildcard game this year for anyone who was unaware. So what Brandon is saying is if either the Cowboys or the Eagles are in that slot, the team that mm-hmm. they would be facing while they would both have a day on them. Um, yeah. The other would be on would short also, rest. The, the, yeah. The other team would also have a longer than normal rest period. While not as long as Dallas or Philly, it would still be right. It would be longer. Um, yeah. But, but so. If you think about it, the the two games on Saturday this week are Dallas-Philly, both playoff teams, and Kansas City-Denver. So we are going to have, what, six wildcard games? Is that right? Uh, In totality. So you would assume that neither of these three teams would be one of those games, right? Neither the Dallas, the Philly, or the Chiefs game, or whoever those teams wind up playing, would be the Monday night wildcard game. I would assume that, at least. I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of depends on the matchup. I mean, they're not going to put Tom Brady, for example, in like that first playoff game. Obviously, it's always like the first game is always like what, like the AFC South or whoever. It's like never they don't yeah. start the playoffs with like the best, you know, the like the highlight marquee quarterback kind of game. I could see um, it being like, you know, the Bengals, like Bengals Colts, if that's the draw. Like I could see that. Maybe um or like yeah or the whatever with the mannings on you get peyton calling a colts playoff game that'd be awesome hmm maybe uh i want to check in confidence level i meant to ask you this following the talk about the cardinals loss confidence level before the cardinals game scale of one to ten like ten being the most confident in the cowboys confidence level after before probably like an eight eight and a half, mm. especially coming off the big win against Washington, because that looked like the we're back game. Now, right. maybe, maybe six and a half, because now mm. that that Washington game looks like the outlier. I mean, you know, the same way the Atlanta game did. So six and a half. Um, I mean, I said this on another show uh, on the blog and the boys podcast network. The only dude who I have like unwavering confidence in right now is Micah Parsons. He's the only one. And in fact, he was the only one who, <laughs> who came out um after the loss and said it shouldn't come down to that fumble like i loved that i love that he was not you know complaining about the officiating yeah. the way everybody else was so I, as long as they have him like i have at least 50 55 confidence overall uh but i'm not gonna six and a half right now and i i will mm. say I, like there's really nothing that could move that for me like against the this Eagles. week yeah, yeah like so that's that's why there's nothing like even if they won like 100 to zero <laughs> yeah there's, there, i really would not you know, be adjusted there, which is why, again, it's silly for them to play in my mind. Not even if like Dak played like incredibly well, just because still it's against backups. Yeah. I mean, and it, you know, it would still, the, the, the question remains, can they beat 
a, a better team than a better than average yeah. team. And and no offense to Philly, but they're not. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, and even even like they're not. I, I don't think they are in general. But let alone whoever they'll be on Saturday night is not. You know what I'm saying? Especially. And so like, okay, cool. You're gonna go beat another bad team, and you know, and you'll get a bunch of retweets, you know, and whatever. But like, what does that really mean going in the wild card round? Hmm. I still think the ceiling, you know, for the, if we talk about like ceilings for these teams, ceiling is still, a, you know, Super Bowl, like because the, the Cowboys can win um, yeah. with their defense. Like they've shown the ability to do that. Offense, like I don't fully trust right now, but it can get hot. Like there's a there's an avenue to that happening again. Um, I'm not like banking on that right now, um, but you know, like the conference is still kind of wide open in a sense. Like the Packers, sure. we've six talked six and about, a half is like, high. I mean, entering the playoffs, yeah. Like the, the Packers are obviously in a very advantageous position, getting the one seed and Rodgers looking like untouchable um, heading into the oh, postseason. Yeah. But, you know, uh, for as much as the Packers, more so Aaron Rodgers has owned the Cowboys in the playoffs, obviously he's come up short a number of times and the Packers haven't delivered. So, you know, it's not like they're necessarily guaranteed, although I kind of do think they're going to make it just based on the narrative, you know, standpoint of uh, well, the last dance, blah, 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 and everything. Uh, and Whatever. Yeah. Um, the Bucks. Uh, I want to ask you. I want to ask you this question yeah. about the Eagles. So the most common playoff opponent for the the Eagles here, um, again, of these nine potential or nine possible permutations, is the Buccaneers. They have them in yeah. five of them. Uh, whether that's as the six seed against the three seed or the seven seed against the two seed, uh, Philly against Tampa is the most probable outcome. However, there are two worlds where Philly could play the Rams, one world where Philly could play the Cardinals, and one world, as mentioned a few times already, where Philly could play the Cowboys. What do Eagles fans want? What is the best possible starting point for them? Yeah, I want to get your take on this too for the Cowboys. But um, uh, for the yeah, Eagles... A question by me, no big deal. I meant to ask you about this, and I forgot. I choked. It's fine. Like the Cowboys are going to do... Um, uh. I think a lot of people are going to say the Rams, and I think that's the correct answer in terms of which team can the Eagles most likely upset. I mean, you could say the Cardinals in there too, but I just I'm again talking that there's one scenario where that's going to happen, so I just don't think that's you know likely to count on the Rams sure. one is at least a little bit more like possible. So uh, I think the Eagles fans can root for that because Matthew Stafford has not been playing well heading into the postseason, and it's not like he has a track record of playing first of all, in the postseason much at all, and, and then well, uh, you know, super well when he gets there. So there's that. And Sean McVay being a fraud and is absolutely, there's going to be, it's, I mean, like, it's very, like, maybe hacky for me to say that because I just say it all the time. But it's it's just so true that there's going to be a big decision in a playoff game to go for it, and he's not going to do it. He's going to be a coward. Like, he's done this time and time again. We've seen enough of a sample size to have confidence in this. So, uh, so I feel good about potentially being able to beat the Rams. I know they have star power and everything. And a lot of people would tell you that the Bucks are the worst opponent for the Eagles to play from a standpoint of they can stop the run. Um, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady shredded this defense earlier in the season in Philly. Um, obviously, the Bucks have had some injuries, injury issues, and Antonio Brown leaving the team middle of the game last week, which Stats did a good job of uh, covering slash ripping on the, the oddcast this week. So everyone should check out the SB Nation NFL show for that. Um, but I would argue, RJ, that the Bucks are kind of the most ideal team for the Eagles to play, not from a standpoint of like maximizing the, the team's chances of winning the Super Bowl this year, which I think are kind of low anyway, but from like what what has this Eagle season been about? 
kind of as a whole. It's not it, it's not like an all-in year. It's about kind of yeah. learning, fact-finding mission. We're going to learn about Nick Sirianni. We're going to learn about Jalen Hurts. I want to learn, like, can the Eagles, who have not been able to beat a good team, like, can they beat a team that could be, like, the toughest team for them to beat? Can they go out? Can Jonathan Gannon's defense, which has, like, improved since he's been playing bad quarterbacks, can it actually kind of hold Tom Brady to, like, a respectable level? Not even, like, shut him down completely and make him throw three picks and zero touchdowns, but can he hold him to, like, you know, like, 24 points, 21 points, something, like, reasonable? Can the Eagles' offense, which has been reliant on the run so much, how do they fare against a, a really tough Bucks run defense? Like, can Jalen Hurts step up in a big moment? So I kind of almost want to see them play the Bucks just because I want to see those bigger questions answered. So a lot of people, again, would tell you the Rams just because probably the better chances of winning. I would say Bucks from the standpoint of, like, trying to actually find out just how good this team is, which I think is really important going into the offseason and the decisions you're going to be making and not just, like, deluding yourself into thinking this team might be better than they actually are. So what about you? So I – Totally agree with you. Um, I don't think the Bucks are like, I know you agree, aren't like the big bad wolf in the NFC. I mean, they're the reigning Super Bowl champions and, and whatever. Uh, this would be the first playoff game there since the Super Bowl. Uh, or, it, you know, like it is going to be, but, you know, whoever, whether it's Philly or somebody else. Um, and so I think that would be really big for the culture, so to speak. Um, and that would be cool. I I actually really believe I would liken this to if it does happen. You know, people remember the Legion of Boom and obviously the the Seahawks draft class of 2012 and whatnot. But I really believe, and I'm not like the first person to ever say this, that that 2010 wild card win over the Saints, the Beast Quake, was like instrumental in establishing that culture. I, like people mm -hmm. forget, like people remember that play in that moment. But that was a, a sub 500 Seahawks team that overachieved. One of the only sub 500 teams to win their division that wasn't coached by Ron Rivera, by the way. Um, and they beat the reigning Super Bowl champions. Like, that was a big deal. They beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Like, that is a really powerful thing, I think. And so, yeah, if you could do it, I mean, that would be that would be big for Nick Sirianni. It's something to hang your hat on, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, so I could see that. Like, I could see because you're, you're kind of like you're playing with house money here. Like you're saying, like, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? So, what, like, why not just go make a big bang? And then even if you wimp around in the division around, who cares? Like, you, this, you are, you're set up. You have three first round picks. You know, obviously, it's not ideal that they, you know, all kind of cratered. But, you know, you have a lot to kind of figure out and move on from. And you can continue the trope of, like, the Eagles own Tom Brady in the playoffs, which would be a lot of fun for you personally. Wouldn't mind it. Could be worse outcomes. Uh, what about you? Like in terms of the Cowboys, like who do you most want to see? Who do you least want to see first? So I mentioned there were five possible permutations where the Eagles would play the Bucks. Uh, there are five possible permutations where the Cowboys will play the Cardinals. The second most common um, outcome for Dallas, like Philly, there are two circumstances where they would face the Rams. Uh, the others, the, the most unlikely ones, there's one world where they face the Niners and one world, again, is mentioned where they face the Eagles. I think the Cardinals would be nice from the perspective of um, – you know, like you would finally beat Kyler in the building. Like that's a big trope. And, you know, you would get revenge. I think that like if if I'm talking like if I'm if I'm looking at the wild card win as like the Nas on the vehicle to boost you through to the division around, because that's what this is about for the Cowboys. This is about winning in the division around. Like I'm not trying to say that the goal is to reach the NFC championship game and that's it. Like so I don't need your tweets like, man, the Cowboys have fallen so far. I have my old VHSs. Blah, blah, blah. I don't need that. But 
The goal is to win in the divisional round. That's what they have not done for forever. And so I think the most possible juice, the, the biggest possible steam they could pick up in the wild card round would be to dismantle the team that like that incited all of these questions as the playoffs are beginning in the Cardinals. I think it would be kind of cool to beat the Rams um, because it'd be beating Sean McVay, beating Matthew Stafford, Highland Park, blah, 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 whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the Cardinals in that weird way, it would be this like, see, we told you because you know, Demarcus Lawrence said after the Cowboys lost, it, it, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like he was asked if he wanted to see the Cardinals again. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll be ready for that. And it's like, well, why weren't you ready today? <laughs> you know, like, why, 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 why Just watch ready? out. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, like, like, we'll really play then. And so, but in a in a stupid way, if they were to beat the Cardinals in the wild card round, it would kind of like justify that. You know what I mean? It would kind of justify like we can turn it on when we want to. I also... I mean, look, the Rams are cowards or are led by a coward at least, but their mm -hmm. offense when it's on is very, very impressive. And so while the Cardinals, I think, present on the NFC side of things, maybe the biggest X factor that isn't Aaron Rodgers because of what Kyler Murray can do when he is on, they are frauds. Like if, if there's a coach who I don't believe in in the entire NFC playoff picture, assuming the Niners get in and, and the Saints don't, I mean, either way, it's Cliff. I mean, I, I actually... Not, me and Nick are are bros. Like me and Nick might, you know, go. You know, we might hang out this summer. What a uh, what a to, to show you how long the season truly is. Like what, uh, what a turn for for not only like, Eagles fans turning around to Nick Sirianni, but RJ too. Dude, Cliff is Cliff is a fraud. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, and he is. So I that's the that's the matchup I want. Uh, he comes from the Sean McVay tree. No wonder yeah. why he is. Yeah. So I mean, that's the one I want. I and I think it coincides with the juice element, the Nas boost, like I'm saying. Um, that would be, you know, that would be the the most ideal world. I kind uh -huh. of it's unlikely, but I kind of like the 49ers draw, but I'm definitely scared. Um, I'm definitely scared of what that could mean. And I most like that because it, they would be the three seed. And so, and so I'm, I'm playing a little bit more to this question there because if they're the three, Wait, you're seed, saying, you're saying the 49ers would be the team you didn't want to face. No, no, no. That's, that's the, maybe that's the matchup I want the most, but it's, it's more oh, to okay. do about the, the overall path than the matchup of right. the Niners. Like, I don't believe mm -hmm. in Garoppolo. I, I, you know, so, I mean, I don't think anybody does except for Kyle Shanahan. So I think that that might be in a vacuum. I don't think Kyle Shanahan does either, but that's oh. a whole nother story. Okay. In a vacuum, that might be the easiest path. But if they, if the Cowboys pull that off, if they're the three seed hosting the six seed Niners, then the two seed is the Buccaneers hosting the Eagles. So, I mean, if we get what you want or the Eagles win, then the Eagles go to Lambeau Field and the Cowboys don't have to until the NFC Championship game at worst. So, and if, the, if that were to happen, if we really explore that hypothetical, then the Cowboys would draw the winner of the Rams and Cardinals in the divisional round. Basically, I, I'm kind of unafraid of any NFC West team is, is really where I'm at. But that's most of the Cowboys' probabilities at this point. So who don't you want to play? You still haven't answered this. Who is the, so this is the Bucks then? I mean, the, the, the Packers. The Packers are the team I want to face the least. But if we're oh, talking yeah, but about, I'm talking about first round. If I rank them, the four possible opponents for Dallas in the wild card round, most ideal, Arizona. Second most ideal, San Francisco. Third most, LA. I'm not even going to factor in Philly because, again, that, that you know, it's hard, it's hard to factor because that would involve the Panthers okay. beating the Bucks. Like, that's just not happening. So then, who is it? The Rams? The Rams are the team that you don't want to play no, the most? 
Uh, yes. Yeah, because, I again, the best versions of those teams, all three NFC West teams, the Rams is the best one. Agreed? Of the NFC West teams? Yeah, of the NFC West playoff teams. If you take their, their best versions of themselves, the Rams have the, the highest ceiling. Who is the worst the floor, starting? Maybe. Of the NFC, of the four, of the top four seeds, and let's say the Rams win their division. Of the Who Rams, the Cardinals, and 49ers. Yeah. So, like, let's play this game. And we've made this very confusing for people. But yeah. let's play your stupid. Hey, by the way, <laughs> my friend, Elizabeth, backed me up. On she was not confused at all last week, and you were like, you 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 explain the Eagles playoff clinch situation in a confusing um, way. Elizabeth, she totally got it. So nice shout out to E for having my back, and it wasn't just um, being nice about it. She she like okay. told it back to me. Let's play the game anyway. that that you totally lost, where you said you would prefer the duo of Ron Rivera and Ryan Fitzpatrick to Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Let's play that game. So rank these duos from best to worst: Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think I'm all about the quarterback, man. Quarterback matters the most. And I'd rather have Kyler right now. I think Kyler can make some things happen than Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is not training in a good way. Quarterback matters the most. When we played that game, you chose the Rivera duo because of (laughs) Rivera. So you cannot say quarterback matters the most. Yeah, but I said it was about how they leveled out. And obviously, I was right about that because the Washington football team won the division. The Cowboys aren't having anything to play for. But I, tr- I um, trust the McVay-Stafford duo the most, which is why I fear that team the most. But, but why? Like, Stafford has been bad. McVay is a coward. He has like, been bad. But again, like, when they're not bad, like you're not going to necessarily just get, like, their crappy version. You know what I'm saying? When they're not bad, they're the most lethal. Like, Kyler individually is lethal. Cliff is not lethal. Like Sean, Sean no. McVay is talented. He's a coward, but he's talented. I mean, so I mean, I that's why the Rams are number three for me as far as preferred options of those three specifically. All right, I think we've um, talked way too much about football, and uh, we haven't had okay. a single like a tangent of any kind. Okay, let's take a break and let's let's we'll quickly visit Washington and New York, and then uh, we'll predict how we think all these games are going to go, and that you know that way we'll kind of have what we think the NFC playoff picture will look like. So nobody okay. go anywhere. We'll be right back. After a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, BLG. You said you went to visit Elizabeth in the break. Did you tell her that you were thankful for her having your back? 
I did. I think they're on air. I think they're in person. I think they're dog Paul is on Twitter. Not Twitter. Ah, my bad. This is the Five famous six. dog on Instagram. Yeah, risk it all, Paul. Check him out. It's great. And uh, his um, dad too, Holden. Great, great family. So, Brandon, um, I don't know where to start here. <laughs> we we have to Good get call. to Washington and New York because well, I can start like- with Washington. Like it's back to what we said in the offseason where there's not even interesting to talk about. Like without sorry, like Hogs Havens fans listening in, but like like what's there to say about your team? Like it's a joke, it's a disaster, losers. The stadium is falling apart. Oh, dude. The name how, is going to change. I mean, it's like, I don't like it's, everything is a mess here. I just, we, re- we both really thought that they would split this, the games with Dallas and Philly. They got swept four weeks in a yeah. row. The bench thing, shout out to the Eagles for continuing the troll job. Like, they are just full and like total loser franchise. I mean, so we do have to hit on this. The day that we are recording the mixtape, Tuesday, uh, Washington did announce a date. Uh, February 2nd is when they are going to unveil their new team name, new team uniform, uh, their whole rebrand, etc. So February 2nd, mark your calendars. There's a lot of conspiracy theory stuff floating around here, BLG. Um, Washington Commanders seems like the favorite name, um, but WashingtonAdmirals.com redirects to the football team's website as does i don't know if you've seen this washingtonpigtails.com they both direct to the team site uh so some some funny internet no way uh i'm, I'm serious try, try no i mean i believe you but they're not they're not doing that they're not no i'm just i'm just saying that 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 is a is a reality but here you want a full conspiracy theory what is the name of sb nation's washington football team community blg hogs haven Okay, it's why is that only why is that the name? It's the only uh I was thinking about this recently. It's the only NFC SB Nation blog without three names in the title, like blogging oh. the boys, big blue view, bleeding green nation, and then hog but, but it's, it's a nod to the Hawks, the offensive line yeah. of Washington back in the day. February second, groundhog day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. This I is mean, not worth it. I'm just telling you, like that's that's what it is. That that's the, what is, so what? What is this connection? No, I'm not I'm just saying, I mean, it is, you know. The Washington Hogs. That would be a bad name. That's not a good name. It would, but it would it would be great for SEO for us. But I mean, you know. I commanders would suck so much, dude. Like I've all these all these are bad. I think they should just stick with football team, honestly. It's not like it's not like amazing, but it's not terrible. It's fine. Did you see the images for the uniform, the little things that they they leak because they they had a video no. by the way, um they, they like there was like a it was like a seven minute I don't know like peak or whatever or heights video, it was kind of more like like a like a like a web series like episode explaining some of the process, um and they, they it was actually kind of interesting they talked about how they can't do they like they already said that it's not going to be red wolves and they said that they couldn't because of like trademark reasons and copyright reasons mm-hmm. and there's a lot of you know red wolves out there that you know people own rights to and they can't obviously conflict with those but so they have little teases of what the uniform looks like and one of the the teases blg shows like the nape of the neck and it has stars on the uniform as in same colors it's it's like washington's colors but like what it, is that they are like stars the that Usually, have stars have like you know some kind of like American flag theme colors as opposed well, to a burgundy so and it's yellow. it's um I'm looking at the photo right now. Gold. 
it's like on the inside of the neck, like behind your neck. Um, there are so the, the this jersey is the burgundy jersey, and there are three stars that are the yellow or gold, whatever you qual- you qualified as, classified as. Um, my point with this is like your Spend top division, again. Yeah, your top division rival is the Dallas Cowboys. You are constantly made fun of for trying to be them and for copying them. Everyone already has dragged you and roasted you for this bench nonsense. Why would you put stars on your uniform? I think we are not taking this deep enough and realizing that the Cowboys are actually copied off of the Eagles because what do you usually use on a map to symbolize a capital? Use a star, right? That's the common thing. And what was the capital of the nation before D.C.? It's Philadelphia at one point. So there's no, there's no evidence to support that. Um, What a lame franchise, dude. Like what a super duper. We've talked about them for way too much. They don't even like, they don't deserve it right now. Like they're just, there's nothing interesting to say about them other than this stuff, but which they're purposely putting out now to kind of distract from the fact that their season is over and they were obviously disappointing and they don't have a path to a quarterback or one on their roster. And they're kind of just stuck in no man's land. Okay. Well, you're right. I mean, we don't need to give them more time. So let's give the time to Joe Judge. Not 11 minutes, but um, I know, BLG, that you have been very anxious to talk about Joe Judge and what he had to say. Now, in case anyone is unaware, for whatever reason, maybe you were busy, you know, it's holiday weekend. Um, the New York Giants were lambasted by the Chicago Bears. I mentioned it earlier. They had negative 10 net passing guards in a real-life NFL game in the year 2022 against the Bears. Like, not you know, it wasn't like they were facing, I don't know, like anybody good. I mean, like, so um, afterwards, BLG, this, by the way, was now two games after uh, the leak that the New York Giants were going to bring back Joe Judge next year. The New York Giants head coach uh, went on an 11-minute rant. Uh, the question that he was asked that kind of spurred this uh, was some version of why do you have faith you will get this turned around? I do want to mention that Ed Valentine, our good friend, transcribed the whole thing at BigBlueView.com. So if you want to read it, um, you should. But um, Brandon, the floor is yours. When I talk about making excuses for things, what's one thing I say? I talk about you can't just wash away everything. You can't just say... You know, oh, we're in this bad situation. That excuses, like, I always bring up Carson Wentz, for example. You can't just say, well, like, okay, the Eagles have a lot of injuries and stuff and blah, blah, blah. Again, no one is ex- expecting Carson Wentz to be the best quarterback in the NFL last year, but you're expecting him to, like, be at least top 20 and not the very worst guy. Like, at some point, that person deserves blame. So, as I mentioned on the podcast, I'll use the same point here. Look at Mike Tomlin. Look at Sean Payton. These guys don't have quarterbacks, pretty much didn't have quarterbacks the entire season, and they're both making it to week 18. They might not make the playoffs, but they're making it to week 18 with a shot to like win and maybe be in. The, the Giants are pathetic. They're terrible. They've been the worst team, tied for the worst record in the NFL since 2017. The biggest reason why the Giants are keeping Joe Judge, presumably, is because that they don't want to fire him. Like That's the biggest reason. They just they don't want to. Not that like we we think we shouldn't fire him, but we don't want to fire him. And it's insane. He's just lying, honestly, in his 
his rant. He's talking about how players from other teams are talking to him okay, about that, how they the exact the exact quote here. He says, I can tell you we got more players here who are going to be free agents next year. All right. There are a lot of all rights and okays sprinkled in through the out this which, all right. to, which yeah. totally, you know, reflects confidence. Who are in my office every day begging to come back. Okay. I know that. There are players who we coached last year that still calling me twice a week talking about how much they wish they were still here and they're getting paid more somewhere else. Okay. Now, Brandon, I don't want to hijack your point, uh, but I do want to mention this tweet from Daniel Kelly um, on Twitter uh, at Daniel T Kelly. That's Kelly K E L L E Y works for FTN network. Uh, He tweeted out, said, so I was curious, 68 players played one snap for the giants in 2020, which was obviously judges first season last year. 53 played this year, 17, not for the Giants. Six, judging as liberally as possible, make more this year. So the players here that Joe Judge seemingly is referencing that are calling him twice a week, B.J. Hill, Isaac Yudham, Dalvin Tomlinson, Colt McCoy, Sean Chandler, or Eric Tomlinson. Do you really believe that any of these players are calling Sean Payton? Maybe Colt McCoy wants off the fraud Cardinals and wants to be back with the Giants. No. <laughs> What a loser, who? dude. Who? How many of those players are even good, by the way? Like, Dalvin Tomlinson's like a fine or a good defensive tackle, right. but he's on the Vikings. Does he really? Okay. Does he want it? Maybe he wants to be away from Kirk. Okay. That's fair. Um, but no, seriously, no. There's, it just, he's just lying. He's clearly lying. And also, who is he lying? Like, why is he lying? Like, who is he lying to? Like, what is he, who is he trying to convince? He's trying to convince himself. Himself. Himself, dude. Totally himself. Like, the fans? Cause, like, who is buying this? Who is out there? Being like the players, is it the players? I mean, I don't know. I just My, what what positive thing can you say that Joe Judge has done and he has elevated the team? I can only point to like maybe you know again the the Giants win with Colt McCoy in Seattle last, last year. year, but like that was okay. It's one game. It wasn't like that crazy of no, a and performance. Look, and look who the Seahawks are. Like you know what I mean? The yeah, Seahawks yeah, look are, what they've devolved into. Yeah. So I mean, no, dude. I mean. In fact, so my favorite part of this diatribe was he said, this ain't some clown show. He said the whole quote there is, so this ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. You did. You did have fistfights in your training camp. He said, this ain't some clown show organization or something else. You talk about the foundation built. You talk about the things that the toughest thing to change in a team, the toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. Just because you say the word foundation does not mean you have one or are laying one. You know what I mean? Do, like, I, in fact, I actually do think it's a clown show. And I say that like you you said this um, on the podcast recently. It is no longer even fun to poke at them. You know what I'm saying? Like it like it's not even worth it. Like, you know, I would rather assign that time in my life to something else because like they're such they're so lame. Like, dude, they under his guidance and leadership made a big deal about crying about not winning the division last year with mm-hmm. a six and ten record. You are a yeah. clown show when you do that. That's who you are. They're just pathetic. They're they and reached the he, point. He, he referenced his days, sorry, with, with New England. And it's like being part of that does not make you good. You know, like well, it, he also misrepresented that too. Like, wasn't he like like people doubted us or whatever. Like, no, they didn't. You're on the Patriots. Like, again, he's just lying. Like, he's just lying for some reason. I don't know if he lives like in a different reality 
and his like mind is warped or something, or if he's just like a compulsive liar or something. But man, it's really strange, and I just I don't get why. I just don't get why teams think we just have, like we just have to be more patient. We just, like you just have to be a little more patient, and then it's really gonna. What is the example of that? What is the example of the team that was like you know we just have to hold on a little bit longer? when things are going terribly, not in the situation where like, you know, maybe the team is middle of the road or like, like, like they just made the playoffs or they just missed out, you know, a situation where like you might actually be able to see something. What's the situation where it's been flat out, like embarrassing and this bad and it turned around in a big way. Like what is the precedent for that? Um, I, so I'm, I'm looking at teams and trying to think of a, of an argument. I can think I, of I a very bad argument, but an argument nonetheless. Are you ready? What is it? So again, I want to be very clear here that I'm not saying like, ha, this disproves your point. But after the first three years of Jason Garrett, it was really rough for the Cowboys, obviously. And then he, then they went 12 and four and they won the NFC East. And then two years later, I know that's true. Like the floor, like it was not as bad as this. Like they were not embarrassing. They were just mediocre, but like that, that's the closest I can come. But that's fine. Like, that's something like that's at least like okay there's a base here there's something maybe maybe the best example is like individual takes like like the people that like and this is not a good one right now but the people that thought josh allen was like a terrible passer you know what i mean like like that's the like if if you're really moving the goalposts like those are the only kinds of examples that work here i just don't get what is again you have to be able to point something i just don't know what like what is what can joe judge point to what what possibly can and also by the way for him to call out the team like players fighting on the sidelines washington you're gonna get swept by them because you lost them earlier in the year and now you're about to lose them again probably in week 18 like i feel pretty comfortable saying that's gonna happen so like okay and that team finishes with a better record than you not only last year and won the division and finished ahead of you but also will do so again this year uh not winning the division but finishing better than them so like what are you talking about? He also called out Pat Shermer in this. And like, I'm not about like to defend Pat Shermer. Oh yeah. Pat like, Shermer sucks, it, but it, it, yeah. But like in this whole sequence, he was like, you know, there, there, there aren't guys with their golf clubs. You know, there aren't guys planning their vacations. Like his whole, like I, you know, projection again was that, you know, I've improved the culture, you know, like, well, it's like, you know, like, like you suck. Like you were so bad. You are the worst team in the NFL, we say this every week, but like if they they would lose to the Jaguars, like they would one hundred percent lose to the Jaguars right now. Yeah, with Daniel Jones, they have a chance, but right now, yes. Um, well, also, why was he talking in like Matthew McConaughey's voice, or is it like like what, he was like talking in this weird voice? Like Joe Judge is from Philly. Like people from Philly don't talk like that. Like I, like where is that accent or that voice coming? It was, it was all very weird. It's kind of like the uh, the Brian Kelly like talking. But, but not even because it's not like he's trying like Brian Kelly was trying to pretend to be a southerner I guess like why is Joe Judge trying to sound like Matthew McConaughey in the New York media market it doesn't make I don't know it's all it's all weird it's dumb I can't point to last week you know I said RJ is there anything that we can point to for the Giants listeners listening to this that we can be like that's actually a positive you know again and outside of the draft pick um situation not really I mean the, the only positive you can say is that the NFL, like things can happen quicker than you expect. Like turnarounds can happen quicker than you expect. Teams overachieve and uh, on the other end, underachieve all the time. Um, so just by virtue of, uh, you know, the parity in the league, that is possible. But 
but not if you're keeping the coach and you're keeping everything in place. Like, how are how are you going to like? What is the move? What do the Giants need to do to get turned? Like, with, with, I'm saying, and not like no, in their dude, current there, iteration. What is the move? There isn't one. And trading for Russell Wilson is a disastrous idea for them, which is why they're totally going to do it. And then they're going to have this big press conference and act like everything's back and all this stuff. And like Russell's going to join Eli's show on Giants.com or whatever. And it's going to be lame. Like it's going to be super lame. Like I'll flip. I don't have an answer to your question to be clear, but I'll ask you one. You can have anything you want, anything you want, any player you want, any element to the of the New York Giants. You can have anything on the Eagles. What are you taking? Like, are, are you taking anything? Can I take the Super Bowl rings away? <laughs> no, no. But like, no. like if, if, like, what, um, what would you want? Like, what, like, you, like, you can point. I can even point to Washington. Like, you can point to things on on the other division rivals and say, yeah, I, would, like, I would like that. I would, I would take that. There's nothing. Yeah, you take on Jonathan that team. Allen or Chase Young. Yeah, yeah um, nothing you would take from that team. Nothing. Brandon Scherf, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I mean, specifically for the Eagles too. I mean, Andrew Thomas seems to be fine now. I don't think. You know, whatever. Uh, not Saquon. Um, you know, like maybe James Bradbury or Leonard Williams, but I mean, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing when you really think about it, like how just, they are truly insignificant. That's who the New York Giants are. I mean, like I, I saw last, my last point on this, I saw a thread. I have on, one last point when you're done too. Well, I, I saw a thread on Reddit and it was, it was on the Giants subreddit and it was like, what? like the general theme i'm butchering the words but it was like what one hard truth do we have a hard time admitting to ourselves and so like you know there's some like introspection happening there but the one that was absent from there that i actually think needs to be like said out loud by the new york giants is we kind of lucked into the success we've had this century and convinced ourselves that it was because of our own skill and made a lot of mistakes out of the hubris of that that was that was exactly why I was frustrated with the Eagles. That was like the core like issue I had with them thinking that um, the seasons after the Super Bowl were kind of like just as good and were just kind of like bad luck and wasn't like they needed to look in the mirror. And I think to their credit, you know, the poor season last year did make them look in the mirror and they clearly made some adjustments. Um, so, you know, again, to their credit, they did turn that around. But prior to that point, that decline did happen and it didn't need to happen. It's not like a natural cycle of things. So, yeah, I do think, you know, that can be your worst enemy, like thinking you know a lot more and you're way ahead. And and that's crazy to think that, again, like with the Eagles, it took one bad season to kind of realize like, oh, we need to check ourselves a little bit here. Well, the Giants, worst record in the NFL 20, since 2017, and they're still not like there. They're still not checking themselves somehow. And the way – and I actually commented on uh, that post on BigBlueView.com that Ed transcribed because I, like, I wanted Giants fans to see this, and I was like, every other team, in the NFC East will be jumping for joy. If Joe judge is back, like We're who, pumped. yeah. How, how do, how do the giants not see that? How do they not like see that? Like, and not even just the, the other NFC's teams, but like anyone who's playing the giants, everyone in the NFL, is there any team in the NFL that is like, Oh man, they're going to bring Joe judge back. That sucks. No, everyone's like rooting for that to happen. And the giants somehow can't see that. Um, sad, very sad. Um, okay, let's. It's not um, even interesting to talk about. That's the last no, thing I'll say. Like, it's just not. No. That's. It's not even just about like feeling bad or. It's just like it makes the our content boring. Selfishly, like, it's like what is there to say that's interesting? I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Again, like everything. They're about not interesting them, in a bad way. They're so just. Again, like bland. Like they are. They are saltless. I mean, they are tasteless. It's. It's. 
they suck. That's that's really the end of it. Um, okay, let's predict uh, the five games in the NFC BLG and therefore um, spit out one of these permutations. Shout out to Dennis Salmon again. Um, so Rams Niners, who wins? I'm going to say the 49ers win. I think so too. Oh, no. I don't know, man. No, I'm with you. They're with you. they're 5-0, and oh, I think, in their last five games against them. And they need it more. I mean, like if you believe in that. Um, so, okay. They need it more. So that changes some things so we're now down to six possible permutations if um, if the niners win the saints falcons game is insignificant so we've rendered that moot seattle arizona this is in arizona for what it's worth who wins uh i'll take the cardinals i don't know dude i mean i don't feel amazing about it but i'll say they do it this is quite possibly this is quite possibly russell's last game as a seahawk i know it's not at home like last week I mean, I'll just, probably take the points in this game, whatever the line is, but it's close. I can tell you what the line is. You know, I have it VR right here. Friends I have it right here. Totally, I app. totally have it open right now in this moment, and I'm not stalling for time. And you can use uh, promo code SBNNFL for a special offer if you go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, I courtesy really, of the SB Nation um, NFL show. That's RJ. Definitely has it here and looks up the line, which isn't really that important. But um, the Seattle Seahawks are getting seven points. Yeah, I'll take the points. Man, dude, I can't, I I really kind of think they'll win. I mean, this again, they're getting we, seven. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm but like, but like again, we talked about this. Like the Cardinals lost in this game last year. You know what I'm saying? Like where all they had to do was beat John Wolford and they couldn't. So like, I mean, I know the Seahawks are bad, but like, and the Seahawks just thrashed the Lions who thrashed the Cardinals. I mean, still have some life in them. Have I convinced you? I think the more interesting result is if Seattle wins, if I'm being honest, but I really, I, I think do it's really think close. Yeah. Then let's do it. Let's pick the Seahawks. We both like Russell. He's going to be a giant next we year. We did agree. Or so our consensus. It's not, we're not doing our own. We're doing our own. Okay, then fine. Then we'll take the Seahawks to win. I mean, we could do our own but then it gets more complicated for the listener except for the all-knowing elizabeth and um, then that brings us to okay so then bucks panthers we both agree that the bucks and panthers win or the bucks, i just no, I, sorry the the bucks could start blaine gabbert and they can win that game like the panthers okay. are just listless okay so to be clear we've got wins by san francisco seattle and tampa those are the three mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're in agreement here um i know i had to convince you but we're in agreement so there are are now two different results based on what happens the night before, whether Dallas or Philly wins. If Philly wins, then in this world, Dallas is the four seed hosting the five seed Cardinals and Philly is the seven seed visiting the two seed Buccaneers. But if the Cowboys win, then Dallas jumps to the three seed and hosts San Francisco. That's the only difference. Yeah. And then, yeah, because the Eagles still play the, Buccaneers and Tampa as the seven seed versus the two seed. So there we go. We played it out. Okay. I that that's Dallas only plays San Francisco in one possible reality. And I really, really think that that is going to happen because we both like, we're both easily saying the 49ers and bucks win, right? Like we're, we're in total agreement there. I'm not saying easily the 49ers win. Okay. But we both feel fairly confident. Don't ruin this. Right. There's a good chance. There's, okay. there's a possible chance, yeah. And I think we both think that Dallas, at least as of now, is going to play a little bit harder than Philly on Saturday night. 
I mean, so Philly's yeah, kind of the Cowboys are going to win this game. It's not even okay. so. Okay, so like, then, yeah, then unless they pull really, their starters unexpectedly, so then this really comes down to the Seahawks. If the Seahawks win, then Dallas hosts San Francisco. If the Seahawks lose, Dallas hosts Arizona. Hmm. If you are, if you were the Cardinals, my last question here: If you were the Cardinals and you knew all of this, right? You could control it, and so a win by you over the Seahawks sends you to Dallas, whereas a loss. Um, has you visiting you the Rams? Play. If you're like, my question is, if you're the Cardinals and you could control it, would you rather play yeah. the Cowboys or the Rams? I think you'd rather play the Cowboys again. I don't know. They beat the Rams early on. Yeah, but didn't they also lose to them? They did but, more recently. You know, that's true. Um, fair point. All right. Um, we didn't have any non-football takes at all no uh do you have anything non-football oh you know what i should say brandon um and then i'll give you the floor for anything non-football you want huge congratulations to me i won my fantasy league of record first person <laughs> to win it three times no big deal shout out to me i am awesome but brandon because i am a company man i carried some nfc east people to the top of the mountain with me so a huge congratulations to michael gallup for being part of this historic <laughs> achievement a huge congratulations to Terry McLaurin for being a part of this historic achievement. Although I did bench McLaurin for Gallup uh, in the championship game. Uh, so, you know, Gallup, or McLaurin rode the bench, but still gets a ring. And a huge, huge congratulations to Dallas Goddard, who helped me get here. I mean, big time, big time performance by me and my guys. I didn't have if any people, New York Giants, by the way, on this, this team. So once again, the Giants finishing last. If people didn't tune out already, they've already turned it off. What is um, your non-football take, BLG? What do you got? Swimming around that brand of yours. I really don't have anything good other than I forgot to say my New Year's resolution from last year on BGN Radio. So maybe I'll say it here. Um, so last year, it's kind of a weird resolution. It wasn't like, hey, I want to lose weight or better myself. I just wanted to do something and kind of commit to it out of curiosity. And that was I wanted to count how much money I pick up off the ground because I walk a lot and I find a lot of coins. And I was like curious to see like how much money do you think I can pick up I off the this. ground in a year? Do you have a number that you think you can guess that I found? Mm. I will give you two amounts, by the way. You're you're guessing the overall number. I did find like this isn't just coins. Okay. Um that's a really important clue. Four dollars and eighty three cents. $13.98. And there's wow. a $5 bill in there. So, you know, almost $9 just straight up in coins. So, yeah, I walk a lot. So, I did what it. Was the, what was the most common um, piece Coin? of currency? Yeah. Like, was it a penny or like a quarter? I mean, probably a penny. Yeah. And it's also funny, like, because uh, I, I would say the, the most rare was a nickel. Definitely. Like, definitely the most rare coin. Um, dimes and pennies, I think the most common. Surprising the amount of quarters in there. Uh, I, I think I could be wrong about this. I feel like I would more likely find two pennies on a walk than I would ever find just one. Isn't that kind of funny? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just seemed to work out that way. Um, do you remember the last day you picked one up? Like, was it New Year's Eve? Uh, it was here. It was pretty late in the year. I think it might have been like New Year's Eve, like the, 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 uh, a couple days before that. So. Well, huge congratulations to you. Um, there's some wah-wah. 29th, in the two cents, boom. Um, wow, two cents, the two pennies, like you said, not just one. Look at that. 
Wow. I give you my two cents here on the podcast every week. And that's why you're not at $14 because you gave me two cents. Yeah. Uh, So well done. Nailed it. Um, All right, right, everybody. Uh, We'll be back next week for a playoff edition of the NFC East mixtape. Looking forward to it. Subscribe to your favorite teams network. Leave a rating, write a review. Uh, BLG on Twitter at Brandon Gowden. I am on Twitter at RG Ochoa. Brandon, sign us off. The final infinity words belong to you. Eagles win. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.